Welcome to Oikos. How are you guys doing? The Lytles had a great vacation, so thank you so much for allowing us to depart from you for a little bit to uh, work at our house and hike a mountain and um, tell our kids not to do things. And it was awesome. It was really awesome. It was. It was really cool. Um, this morning, what we're going to do is we continue Coffee Cup Kairos. I'm going to do something new. You see the chair here. This is random preaching day. So I'm going to walk through and I'm going to choose somebody. And you're going to come and sit right here and you're going to preach. I'm just messing with you. But I am going to use the chair in just a little bit. David was like, oh, he's going he's gonna to do it to me. No. We're in Luke chapter 14. So as we've been going through the Moravian text, this is the text from Saturday, and I thought it was a good text for us as we kind of end up the summer and as we begin, school's going to be starting. I know Sarah starts back this next week. I think, Abby, you've already started back doing some of your stuff. It started. So we are starting new things. Fall's always a great season to start new things. And Jesus is talking to a bunch of people who were contemplating whether they should start something new. And he has some hard words, because it is from Jesus. He loves us so much, but he does challenge us as well. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. The large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple... You must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin Construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he'll send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It's thrown away. Anyone who hears, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. We really did have a good vacation. I didn't hit you with this. So you're like, man, what? We're going to have a bummer message today. Jesus is saying, if you don't hate everyone else, you're screwed. But what he's doing here is using a rabbinic so rabbis would often use this thing called hyperbole. Hyperbole is extending the truth as far as you can to make a point so that people would actually hear it and go, wait a minute, 
This is serious. So a stark contrast would often be portrayed. If you love one thing, you must hate another. We, we saw this even as God spoke to his people, that he loved Jacob, but he hated Esau. Did he literally hate Esau? No. But he was so focused on Jacob that he would be the father of nations, that he would continue from Abraham and move his people forward to be the hope of the world. And so there is a stark contrast that's occurring here, and Jesus is doing the same thing with the crowd. Remember, the crowd's following for many reasons. We can't see what was going on in their hearts, but perhaps Jesus could. And as he looked at their hearts, he saw that there was a lot of conflicted hearts. Hearts that were saying, man, I'm going to be a disciple. I want to be a disciple. But I'm still going to let my wife decide what, what happens in our house. I want to be a disciple, but I'm still going to do what my parents tell me to do. I want to be a disciple but I'm still going to value equally the opinions of my siblings. I want to be a disciple, but I'm still going to have me time. Jesus was making a stark contrast so that people would start to evaluate, do I have divided thoughts or am I actually going to follow? A large crowd was following Jesus, and he said, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. So the stark language that he uses is to narrow our focus. Will we put Jesus first, or will other things come in the way? When we don't put him first, what happens is that we lose our potential capacity to receive what Jesus has already intended to give us. When we don't put him first, we, we lose our potential capacity to receive what he's already intended to give us. Jesus wants us, our commitment to be complete with him. So if we don't focus on Jesus first, we don't have space to actually receive what he wants to give us. And if you don't carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. So if you are going to pack for a journey and you lose focus, you may end up not having enough space for what Jesus actually wants you to have on that journey. So this vacation, Sarah and I, we had a chance to uh, go with the Lefevers to hike a 14,400 and something foot mountain called Mount Elbert, I think. We had to pack for it, right? And so if I'm packing for a hiking trip, I, of course, need to have a suitcase and 
I need to have some things to go with me, right? So I'll put my suitcase. Here's our guest preacher. And if you ever go anywhere with David Lefevre, he will give you a list just to make sure you're prepared. So I've got to think through that list. And I've got to think about my own self because we're all narcissistic. So I may have to have a few things. And I really got to think this through because, I mean, when you're going somewhere, you don't want to lose yourself. So the first thing is, I don't want to lose my identity and my ambition because if I go somewhere, people need to know I'm a pastor, so I better take some books. And just in case I need to read them, some light reading on Isaiah the Word Becomes Flesh. This is a favorite of the seminary. Another, you know, history of Israel. I'm a big history person. So I'm going to put those in there. And I'm an excellent packer. Do not worry. And, you know, as I'm thinking through this, sometimes I think about my own desires, right? We're going on a mountain. And what do I like the most? Chalk dessert. Well, I know that David is not going to pack me brownies, so I'm going to make my own. And sometimes my desire is a small one, but I don't want to not go on this trip and not have enough stuff to have my brownies. And I got to think about my own comfort, so I got to have my own pillow. Because there's nothing worse, no matter how pathetic it may be, I'm going to make sure, don't worry, I, this is going to totally work. <laughs> and I worry about the approval of others, so I got to have the right clothes. It might be cold, so I'm going to put a sweater in. I got to have the flash shirt because I'm fast, right? This is really my suit. Somebody may expect that I wear it somewhere. What if somebody, you know, whatever, has shirts and maybe just another shirt. There's an extender on this suitcase, just so that you know. Okay, and... As I'm thinking about it, I also think about my own vanity. I've got to have the right stuff. So, some lotion for my feet, some things for my lips, some deep blue because I'm going to be sore. This Sarah appreciates some deodorant. I need some more lotion because I'm kind of old. A toothbrush, some soap to make me feel good. I gotta have some lotion. I do need contact solution. 
And this is, you know, this isn't too bad yet. Just in case I grow some hair, I'm going to put in a blow dryer, as I'm thinking. And in case it doesn't grow, I'll put in my razor to shave it. Okay, I'm almost, don't worry, I'm almost done. As I'm thinking, though, sometimes it's hard to make choices about what you're going to do when you're thinking about going on a journey. So I might need to be dressed up, so I'm going to bring some dress shoes. And I may go running. So I'm going to bring some running shoes, but I'll also bring my other cool shoes because I do want to be cool. It's almost there. And you got to bring some shoes that your wife doesn't want you to wear. Because that's just good. And I'm almost, I think I got it. But I probably should have hiking boots. Because I'm going hiking. Now, do you guys see what happens when you prepare for a trip? and you think about everything else, but you don't think about the one thing that you're supposed to do. There's no capacity left, which means I may have to go through this in sacrifice areas to make room for this. What Jesus was saying to his people, to the crowd, is that if you can't have your mind focused on me first. You will fill your mind up with everything else. And your capacity will be over full. It will be tapped. You'll have no room to think about being a disciple. You'll have no room to receive the things that I want to give you. You'll have to say, no, I can't take that. Jesus, I can't take the courage that you want to give me. Jesus, I can't take the hope that you want to give me. I can't take the love that you want to give me because my mind's focused on this. I want to be a disciple, but I also want all this. If you're going to be my disciple and you cannot carry your own cross and follow me, you're not going to make it. Jesus was saying that if you are building a tower, you've got to know how many supplies you, you need to complete it. You've got to actually count what is it going to take to follow me. If he goes on with the commander of an army, if you don't know the worth of your resources... How do you know how far they can go? So I've got a lot of worthless stuff in here. Because I'm not putting what I'm supposed to be doing first. I'm not going to go very far. Lefevre would have laughed at me if I would have got up that morning, put on these shoes, said, I'm, I'm ready to go hike. The fever would have laughed at me if I would have put on my suit, not because I was going to go hiking, but because he's never seen me in it. <laughs> These are things that we often do, though, don't we? When the Lord puts something on our heart, 
we think about all the other things, all the other circumstantial stuff that we throw into our mind instead of staying on one purpose and saying, Jesus, if that's what you want me to do, then I'll go and I'll do it. Excluding a lot of this. And then Jesus starts talking about salt. Now you may have kind of, when you read this before, said, so how does that relate? Well, if you don't know too much about salt in the ancient world, salt was worth a lot. In fact, the Roman soldiers would be paid in salt instead of in other forms of money because it was worth so much. So salt was something that people all, they all wanted, but it was also given to those who were convicted of crimes to go and mine. So it was a death sentence. It was a long and tedious and arduous death sentence because it took forever. It was hard work, and it was slow, and it was painful. Oftentimes, these men who were sent there to quarry out the salt, they were put into being slaves, and they were abused, and they were neglected. It was not a life that people wanted to ever have. When they were mining out the salt, though, those who were actually going to sell it had to be careful because salt would often be mixed with another compound called gypsum. Gypsum looks like salt, and it kind of can taste like salt when it's all put together. So when you cut out salt, you get a big old block, and oftentimes you'll have salt and gypsum in there. Now when no one will be able to tell it until rain comes and it's left outside and the salt washes away. And then what you're left with is just gypsum, which is basically like baby powder. So it's only got one use. You don't use it for anything else. So what Jesus is saying in this salt conversation is that if you are mixed with other stuff, when the storms of life come, when the rains come, pretty soon whatever you had of him is going to be washed away and all you'll be left with is your stuff, worthless stuff. He says at the beginning of the journey, you're going to need to have pure salt to be a disciple rather than a mixed up mess. So salt would vein itself through the gypsum as the rain would come and wash it out. And so Jesus is saying, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, that's what he's saying right there. So you may think you've got everything together, but if you don't put me first, if you don't count the cost, if your mind isn't focused on just me, you're going to lose it. But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? 
Flavorless salt is good for neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. It's a hard message for us, and hopefully this kind of hits you hard as well. Because as I listen to this, I go, well, I've got a lot of gypsum in me. My mind has a lot of this kind of stuff going on. And when Jesus calls me to follow him, do I have the courage? to empty it out so I can receive what he wants me to receive for the journey that he's putting me on. And most of the time, I'd have to say I don't. But there's a scripture text that speaks to us in Lamentations, that his mercies are new each morning. And so each morning, we get to empty out this No, I won't do it. I was going to just dump it. (laughs) But I asked when to pick all this up and take it off the stage while we begin the baptism. And so I'm not going to do that. So when, I'm looking out for you, bro, okay? Each morning we get to empty this out and we get to start fresh. And the best way for us to do that is to look to the one who said, I will make each day new for you because through the blood that I shed, you are made new. So each day you get to empty out your thoughts and you get to center in and say, Jesus What journey am I going on today? And what do you want me to take with? And as we go through that, when you start feeling your mind clouded with a bunch of other stuff that doesn't really relate to the journey you're going on, you can pause and you can say, let's empty this out one more time. Let's repack for the journey that you want me to go on. Help me to be a disciple that isn't worried about everything else when you speak to me and say, go. Help me to say, I'm ready, Lord, send me. Send me because I'm ready. I don't want to be a disciple that looks for others' approval to do the things that Jesus has placed on my heart to do. I don't want to be so concerned about the things that I need to have that I forget what Jesus wants me to have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go about our days this week, this month, and this year, So we start new things as kids go back to school, as our schedules change, as we finish up things from the summer or as we return from vacation and we get to start fresh. 
Lord, remind us of that promise that your mercies are new each day. That your spirit falls upon us each day because we are your children. And as we get clouded with a bunch of other thoughts and as our sins try to convince us that we should go a different way. Lord, allow those alerts that you give us to go off. That we're pushing our capacity and tapping it out on stuff that doesn't really matter. Lord, help us to be those disciples that are willing to carry our own cross, knowing that you're walking right alongside of us. Help us to seek your favor and your wisdom on whatever trajectory you send us. No matter what way you send us, Lord, we pray that you would allow us to be free enough to let go of the things that are weighing us down. So often our mind gets clouded with our kids who are too, what college they're going to go to. Or our kids who are 15, what kind of job they're going to have. Or our life, when we turn 40, will we have accomplished enough? Or when we turn 65, will we get to retire? Or will we have enough money, Lord, in case we get to live to a very old age? We let things of this world take priority in our minds rather than allowing you to speak into our mind. There's great freedom in you, Lord, and I think so many times we allow our own minds to put us in prison. We allow the desires of our heart to put us behind bars. So, Give us courage. Allow us to open up our hearts to others. Allow us to process and talk about the things that are going on in our mind with others and allow them to speak back to us and tell us that it's ridiculous that we're taking this stuff with us. That instead of taking offense, we would lay down our defenses and receive it as truth. Help this church, Lord, as a family grow together. Not as passerbys, not as acquaintances, but as brothers and sisters. Help us to speak in one another's lives and help us receive those who speak to us. Give us your wisdom, Lord as we try to figure out what it means to be a disciple. And when we close each day, Lord, and we review what has happened and we are filled with shame, remind us that the next day is new again and that you have no shame on us. That you see us as your children 
And you have patience with us because you love us. And you're willing to do it again and again and again until you say it's done. And you send your son once again to take us home. And as we go on that journey, Lord, may our minds be focused completely on you. In your name we pray. Amen.